All right, so there's an amazing story found in Ezekiel 37, and I would like to share it with you. I believe it's very powerful, and it will bring life to dry places in your life if you will let it. And isn't that the case with so many things? It's the if we will let him. So here's the backdrop. Ezekiel was of a priestly line. He lived during the time of the fall of Jerusalem, and he was exiled and in Babylon. After the destruction of Jerusalem, the Jewish people were in despair. They were completely and utterly hopeless. They thought all was lost. They had lost their land, their king, their temple, and they were scattered, and they were in exile. So Ezekiel, if you go back and read the book of Ezekiel, it's very interesting. God continues to speak to him, and he's like a messenger. He tells Ezekiel all these things, and Ezekiel has very creative and interesting ways of telling the people what God has said. Just a little side note, we should all be in Ezekiel to our, our places of work, our places of neighbor, where we live, our residents, our families, right? We are always, we should always be listening to the Lord and that messenger to deliver what the Lord is saying. So God would speak to him and he would bring the message. So the book of Ezekiel might be characterized as the acts of the Holy Spirit of the Old Testament. I love that because I think our mindset is, the Holy Spirit wasn't in the Old Testament. He's only in the New Testament after Jesus leaves and he says, "My Holy, the Holy Spirit will come, right? The Holy Spirit is all throughout the Old Testament. And Ezekiel 37 is such a great example of that. So he, in this book, chapter 37, Ezekiel, God gives him an astonish, astonishing message concerning Israel's future physical return to the land, but also the spiritual restoration that the Lord wants to do. Let's take a look. That was Ezekiel 37. Awesome, right? I figured they could say that better than I could. That was pretty intense, right? So Ezekiel 37. We're going to kind of break it down and go verse by verse and just break it down. But first, I would like you to imagine, if you were Ezekiel, what would you feel, what would you think if he was saying these things to you? 
Could you imagine, as you looked over that valley of bones, what would that do to you? That's death. That's barrenness. That's, that's, it feels waste. It feels hopeless. Would you wonder, as Ezekiel did, why are you showing me this? It was a vision that he had. Lord, why are you showing me this? Would you feel the weight of that death and that heaviness? Would you be overwhelmed with hopelessness and despair? Would you answer when the Lord asked you, can these bones live? What would you say? Think about that. There's this huge valley of bones, and the Lord asks you, can these live? What would be your response? Your faith side would want to be like, yeah, of course, God. You can do anything. But would you really think God can bring those bones to life? Would you be able to do what the Lord said when he asked you to prophesy to those bones? Would you hesitate and disbelieve, or would you wonder if it was truly possible for those bones to live? What would you feel when you spoke to the dry bones and watched the bones come together, and then the tendons and the muscles and the skin? What would your amazement, what would your face look like? What would your heart be doing? What would you be thinking? How would your faith be forever changed if you were in that vision or you got to play a part in that story? So let's start in verse 1. This portion I've titled, Dry Bones. Verse 1, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. I find it interesting that the bones were not in a pile They weren't in a heap. They weren't in a container. They were scattered down the valley as if some bloody battle had taken place, as as if some horrific thing had happened right there in the valley, and all the bones were just collected there. Don't you find that interesting? Why is that so? Valley means plain or previously a place of judgment. So think about that. The bones, the dry places, the death, the destruction, that's a place of judgment. And kind of as we talk through this, I want you to be thinking, what are my dry bones? What in my life is that place where there's maybe been a battle or there's been defeat and there's these bones just lying there? So in this place, in this verse, God is beginning to speak hope But first, he had to show you where the bones were and what the state really was. So when we look at the bones, we would would often think, nope, there's no way. It's too late. Like maybe if somebody was like gasping for air, you know, hooked up to life support, we'd go, there's a little bit of hope. There's, There's still a little breath. This is way past that. These bones are old, and the scriptures say they are dry, which means they've been there for quite some time. How easy is it for us to look at those places and go, no problem. Or do you kind of pause and go, oof, they're really dry. Next, verse 2. I've titled this, He Knows My Dry Bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. So has the Lord ever done this to you? Has he ever given you a peek behind the curtain of your life and shown you, hey, sweetie, 
there's there's some areas that are really dry. Hey, bud. Hey, can I can you sit with me for a second? I want to show you something. Has he ever done that to you? Or maybe it's just in your face and you're like, oh my gosh, there it is. There's this filth, there's this sin, there's this stuff. And it's dry and it's dead. So what are your dry bones? I've got a list. It could be many other things. Could it be fear? This is something I battle all the time. I don't want to parent from fear. I don't want to live from fear. I don't want to trust God from a place of fear. Could it be fear? Could it be self-hate? I think this particular one pertains to our teens more than the adults. Self-hate. The enemy is barraging our teens and our young people with self-hate. Because if you hate yourself, you're not going to affect anybody, right? You're not going to spread the good news. You're not going to live from a place of love if you can't even like yourself. False identity. Unforgiveness. Self-righteousness. Religion. That's a big one, right? We Some of us like to follow rules and we like to have it the certain way. And maybe because of that, that brings death. Religion always brings death, right? Pride. That's a fun one. Depression. Is your dry bones maybe depression? Sickness or disease. That will definitely suck the life out of you. Disbelief. Hate. I don't think that's any... Hate's not the one we'd be like, yeah. Nobody, especially now, nobody wants to hate anything, right? We want to be all politically correct and we love everyone. But sometimes hate can get a grip on your heart and it brings death. Sin. We don't like to talk about that one either. Sometimes our dry bones are because of us because of the choices that we make, because of the things that we do or think or watch or see, right? And God will say, hey, you know, let me show you something. And you're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Addiction, anger, right? Fill in the blank. So as we go through this morning, I want you to be thinking, what are my dry bones? And if you're not sure, no worries. God is a God who speaks. And if you ask him, he will show you, hey, it's, it's this area right here. It's this thing, Right? Verse 3, I'm calling this one Gage of Faith. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So he's asking in the, in the vision, can they, can these, can this vast valley of bones, can they live? I love this question. Mark always says, I love a good question. He loves a good question. He loves something that intrigues him, that kind of sparks some thought and some conversation. So can these bones live? So let me ask you this. With your dry bones... Can these bones live in those dry places in your life? Maybe the Lord is asking, can these bones live? The answer is yes, they can. This question is a question to me that gauges our faith. And here's the good news. The Lord said a mustard seed. Sometimes we think, I don't have faith for that. This is this vast valley of dry bones. You know, I'm just trying to get through today or I'm just trying to tackle this one thing. And the Lord says, a mustard seed of faith, the tiniest thing God can work with. He can do miracles if we can just join in with that little bit of faith. And it's not what we could do or what we believe. It's what he can do and who he is that brings that about, right? 
So he speaks, verse 3 through 6. So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will put news, which is like uh, tendons, in you. I will bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord God. I love this because how many times do we, in our strength, and our everything, we try to do it on our own? Like, sure, these bones can live, and then we get to work. We start doing stuff. We start telling people. We start posting stuff. We start reading new books. We start going to home groups, or we start whatever we do to fix the problem. I'm not going to do that anymore because I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be whole. I'm not going to have dry bones. I, I... Am I the only one who does that? And then all of a sudden you're like, you have probably more dry bones than you did before. Right? It's he. He says, I will breathe new life. I will put on the skin on the bones. I will do it. He is the one. So how does that apply to you? Think about that. When he speaks wholeness and you're laying in the bed sick, What does that look like? When it's your darkest day and you see no hope and no way out, and he says, I'm going to bring life to that, what's your response? Uh Uh-huh, sure you are. I'm still here. I've been praying for five years. Still here. Honestly, guys, what's our response? I have been through some dark days where I just wanted to crawl in a hole and just call it done done. I don't want to live. I don't want, it's too hard. I can't do it. All the promises that you said aren't coming to pass. I'm hopeless. I look around. Everyone else is doing great. And here I am. Tell me you haven't been there. And God says, I'm going to bring life to that. In that day, in that moment, what is our response? Is it, yes, Lord, I know you well? Or is it, you can't do it. It's too big. It's too hard. There's too many bones. When he declares that he's going to save your loved ones, and it's been years and years, do you believe him? When he says he's going to restore your marriage, do you believe him? When he says he's going to bring health to sickness, do you believe him? Are his promises true, or are they not? The hard thing for us is often the timing piece, right? Because we want it now. We want it like yesterday. And we have a certain way that we want it. So when it doesn't happen, we assume it's not God or the enemy. or We come up with all sorts of stuff, right? Obedience and faith. These are two more words that we don't like. Obedience and faith. Verse 7 through 8. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, all of it came together, the skin covered it, and then there was no breath in them. So let me ask you, are these bones living? Nope, not yet. 
But do you see that the Lord's working all of a sudden? There's tendons, there's muscle, there's skin. So it's it's not the valley of dry bones anymore, right? But it's also not living and full of breath yet. This is that middle ground that we hate. We hate this place. We hate the dry bones for sure. But there's also this place where God begins to move and we get excited and we're like, okay, I see some tendons. I see some muscle. I see some skin. It's starting to take form. And we get a little bit excited. And we get a little bit encouraged. But it's not breathing life yet. It's not, it's not that life yet. So where are we when God does that? Do we still have a thankful heart? Are we still praising him? Are we still declaring and prophesying until we see it come to pass? I think a lot of things in our life don't come to fruition because we stop right here. We see something transforming. We see our kids coming back to, back to the Lord. We see fruit. We see something. And we get excited, but it's not quite there yet. And we're like, ah, oh, see? Like, I, I had a little hope. And it's just, no, we have to trust God finishes the job. He's always going to finish the job. He is always going to do what he said he was going to do. Don't you love that about your father and your daddy? Because there's plenty of things that I say that I'm going to do, and I don't. I do it a little or do it halfway. If you have teenagers or kids, you probably hate that about them, right? Because they don't ever do it the full way. They do it a little bit or halfway. Well, we do that too, right? We believe the Lord halfway or don't get all the way there. So regardless of what we think, we need to have faith and we need to be obedient. Do you know that we should be prophesying to our lives all the time? This isn't just a certain story. This isn't just certain people. The Lord says that we should be speaking life all the time. Kara, you will be successful in Jesus' name. Kara, you will do that. You will be healthy. You will be whole. When anybody comes to me with a problem, I'm like, let's pray. I got nothing but I know somebody who has a lot. So let's pray. And I begin to speak life. Lord, I just speak life. I pray over David. I speak life over him. I speak your destiny and your promise. Why? Because there's power in our words. God spoke the world into existence, and he has asked us to do the same. So we can speak to dry bones. Isn't that good news? Are you guys excited? We can speak to dry places. We don't have to just deal with it and hope it works out. We get to prophesy into those areas. And I think Christians today are so lazy that they don't do it. They're waiting for the show. They're waiting for the other person to say it. They're waiting for something to happen. If you're in the Christian setting, you're waiting for somebody else to have a word for you. Hello, your words right here. When you know the word of God, you speak to those situations and you keep speaking because he is faithful and he will bring it to pass. Amen? Amen. So these, all these things, when he's, he's putting in the tendons and the muscles and he's bringing it all together, these to me are the little things. Which granted, God putting skin and muscles on bones is not a little thing. But in our lives, we call them little things. No, when you start seeing the fruit and you start seeing the wheels turn and you start seeing God's goodness, let's call it what it is. That's a miracle. He does miracles every single day. Let's begin to recognize them and thank God for them. Amen? Amen. The next one, breath of God, verse 7 through 10. And he said to me, prophesy. Here we go. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, 
Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain that they may live. So what does he do? He prophesied as he was commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood up on their feet, an exceedingly vast army. That is the Spirit of God. That gets me so excited. That's where it's at, you guys. The Spirit of God comes in and brings that life. Right? Otherwise, it's just religion. It's just another thing. The Spirit of God is what brings life to those dead bones, into those muscles, into those little things. It's the breath of life. So that word in verse 5 and 14, breath, is R-U-A-H, ruah. It means the Spirit of God. It is the same word in Genesis 2, where there, he was breathing, God was bringing life into earth. So dirt and divine breath, and what was there? Life. How is that even possible? God brought life, humanity, from dirt. But it wasn't just the dirt. It was the Spirit of God. It was the breath of God. So if he can bring us from dirt, what can he do with your pain? What can he do with your sorrow? What can he do with the struggle and the depression? What can he do with your fear? Woo! It's powerful, you guys. It's the Spirit of God. It's his breath breathing into us. It's like a wind. The scriptures talk about the breath of God like a wind. You can't necessarily see it, but it's there, and it's moving, right? The Ruah, God's Ruah, is the source of life. It is the spirit and breath. It gives life to all creation, not just us. Think of all the creatures and everything in the ocean, everything under the sun. It all has to have that same breath of life. We could say that God's Ruah has created every living thing and keeps it alive. You take God's breath out, we are bones, there's nothing, right? Moses stated this. He said, God gives breath to all living things in Numbers, in the book of Numbers. Job understood this truth as well. He says, as long as I have life within me, the breath, the ruah of God in me. He understood that. There's so many examples. There's hundreds and hundreds of times this word is used in scripture, and it's to bring life, the breath of life, the spirit of God. Only the infusion of the Spirit of God can bring about miracles. So if you're believing for a miracle, which we probably all are or should be, I've got a whole list of miracles that I would love for me and others around me. It has to have the Spirit of God. It has to have that breath breathing on it. Otherwise, it's dry bones, right? Life. Verse 11 through 14. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are whole, sorry, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord, O God, Behold, O my people. Listen to what he's going to do. This is so awesome. Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord 
when I have opened your graves. O my people, and brought you up from the graves, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Isn't that powerful? Those are his promises. Not just in this vision in the Old Testament way back a whole long time ago. For today. For right now. His promises are true. His promises are for me. And his promises are for you. So I want to read through another, just read those scriptures again. I will open your graves. He's going to open your graves. He's going to open your graves. Do you have graves? Do you have places of bones? Do you have places of death that are just laying there? I do. And sometimes we don't want them open. We're like, close that door. I don't want to see that. That's nasty. That's got some stuff in there. Nobody needs to see that. Right? So we hide it. That's not my bones. Those are Christine's bones. We all have those places of death. Let's, let's let God open them up. Let's let God breathe life into them. Right? After that, he says, after he opens them, he says, and I will cause you to come up from the grave. Moving on up. Right? We go from one glory to the other. We're constantly moving from one place to the next. Lord, please help me be more like you tomorrow than I am today. Right? The next day than today. I think we can all look back on our life and there's areas that maybe we've gone backwards. But when we trust the Lord, we're moving forward. We are going from glory to glory. We are looking more like him. So let's rise up from these graves. And then it says, and bring you into the land of Israel. So why is that significant? Do you remember these people were displaced? They were in exile. They were kicked out of their home, basically, and everything that they knew, and they were scattered Imagine how hopeless that would be. I know there's five of us in my family, and if you uprooted us and scattered us, and one of us was here, and one of us was there, and one of us was, I'd be a hot mess. Because that would be awful. That would be absolutely awful. And that's five. Imagine this whole people group, God's chosen people, scattered. How hopeless would you feel? For years and years and years. And here God is saying, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you into the land of Israel. And then he goes on, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. Verse 12, that land of Israel, it speaks to life. It speaks to possession and ownership. It speaks to restoration. It speaks to setting things right and putting them back in place. Don't you love that about God? That he puts things where they belong. I like things where they belong. When my kids were little, I wanted the Legos in the Lego tub. I wanted the Polly Pockets with the Polly Pockets. They would mix them up and I'd be like, ah, like twitching, I can't handle it. God is a God of order. He likes things where they belong. If you're supposed to be here, he wants you here. Right? If you're supposed to be healed, he doesn't want you hurting. If you're supposed to be Healthy, he doesn't want you sick. What an awesome God. If you're supposed to be doing something for God, a ministry, um, maybe you're discipling someone, 
right? That's where he wants you. He doesn't want you somewhere else. He wants you smack dab in the middle of where he has called you, not where you have called you. Do you guys ever go where you want to go? And then you're frustrated with God because you're like, this is awful. And the Lord's like, I didn't put you there. Silly girl. We got to be where he wants us to be in his timing. The good news is he's faithful to tell us. The Bible says that we know his voice. So you just got to press in. You just got to seek him. You got to hear his voice and follow his steps. Right? The scriptures say our steps are ordered of the Lord. That tells me that he has a plan for me. He's got somewhere that I'm going, thankfully, because I don't have a clue. He knows where I'm going, and he says, just follow me. So those dry bones in your life, they're not supposed to stay dry. Do you know that? How many of you are like, I'm just going to live with it. It's just what it is. This is just my deck of cards that I've been dealt, and it's fine. Are you really okay with that? Or does that just eat at you constantly because you know it's not right and you need God to set it right? Right? So, Brian, will you play No Longer Slaves for me? I just love that in the background while we finish. Would you guys mind standing up? Dry bones. He doesn't want dry bones. And if we're honest, we don't want dry bones. Right? We want life. We want his breath. So I want you to think about those dry bones. What is it in your life that is dry and dead? Is it, like we talked about, is it sin? Is it pride? Is it hurt? Is it disbelief? Can we just take those things before the Lord? Would you mind just closing your eyes? You can lift your hands if you'd like. Lord Jesus, we bring you these dry bones. The hurt, the pain, the sin, the addiction, the loneliness. Begin to just call out, if you would, just those dry places that are in your life. And let's just surrender them to the Lord. We are your children. We are your people. We are your bride. We are the ones you love. We are the ones you chose and continue to choose. With all our flaws and all our things, you still choose us over and over and over. Regardless of how many bones you have, regardless of how vast and big your valley is, he's choosing you and he's bringing life to those bones. Church, we've got to prophesy to our bones. We have the power, the anointing, the authority. He's given it to us and he said, call it to life. Call it to life. I have had times in my life where I saw no fruit and it was so dark. I truly felt like the Lord forgot me. And even though I knew that that wasn't true, I felt it. And I thought, surely he's had to have left. And the Lord began to remind me of his word. And I began to go back to scripture and say, what does he say? What is he saying to me? 
And I remembered he said, I have good things for you. I have plans for you. I have plans to prosper you. I have a hope and a future for you. I will do what I said I will do. I am God. And I began to go, oh yeah. And I begin to prophesy to my family. I begin to prophesy to my situation. I begin to prophesy to myself. Who else is going to do it? And I began to say, you know what? I'm taking control. I'm giving him control. But I am not going to allow the enemy to rob me any longer. I'm not going to live in this valley of dry bones any longer. And I begin to speak to those bones. You will live in Jesus' name. Spirit of God, come and connect these bones. Breathe your life into these dead and dark places. And guess what? It's happening. It's happening. It didn't happen that minute. It didn't happen overnight. But I begin to see tendons. I begin to see skin. I begin to see muscles. I begin to feel joy. I begin to feel hope. Not because of anything that I have, but because of what he has. He is the breath of life. Church, it is your job, it is your privilege, it is your honor as a child of the Most High King to prophesy to your bones. If you're frustrated, if you're stuck, if you're angry, whatever you are, guess what? He's given you the authority already and said, well, do it, speak to it. He brings life to death. Isn't that glorious? Life to death. So Lord Jesus, we just ask that these bones would live. We prophesy right now in the name of Jesus to loneliness, despair, hopelessness, depression, sickness, disease, cancer. We speak to it all. And we just say, live in the name of Jesus. Spirit of God, breathe your life on our valleys of dry bones. In Jesus' name. We trust you. We believe in you. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are God of all creation. You are holy and mighty and majestic and sovereign, omnipotent, omnipresent. You are good and only good. Doesn't that feel good to declare who he is? Just begin to declare. If you don't know, get out your scriptures. Ask a friend. Get an app. Do something. He is good, you guys. He doesn't want us living in a valley of dry bones. You are not called to live in a valley of dry bones. Can you say that to yourself? I am not called to live in a valley of dry bones. I am not called to live in a valley of dry bones. I am called to live in life. Amen? Amen.